Hello, 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 and welcome to the Good, the Dan, the Florida Man, episode 45. Uh, with you, as always, your hosts. I'm Ryan. I'm the Good. I'm Dan. A lot of bad bitches are begging me to F1. Ben? <laughs> what? What? The gays will know. And the girls. The girls that get it. Get it. The girls that get it, get it. Hi, I'm I'm Ben. I'm the Florida man. Uh, and t- today we are doing an episode about uh, Rid- Ryan's ridiculous history. Yes! Yeah, history. And if I'm not mistaken, this is more so less a history story, more so a, a myriad of mystery history fun facts. Yeah, that'll be exciting. I'm so excited. I'm excited for that because we're gonna essentially. I'm just gonna give these guys a whole bunch of like history facts or history <sighs> suppositions, and then they get to comment on what they think about it. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Before we get into that, we just want to say thank you for joining us. If this is your first time seeing us, we hope we say or do something this episode that will make you want to see us again. We are three stand-up comedians that got shut down with COVID a couple years ago and turned to the art of uh, – art. We turned to podcasting to keep the comedy muscle alive, and, and uh, we're, we're good friends now. We share stories. We talk about history. We, we interview we interview people, and we answer your questions as well. So I hope any of that uh, makes sense and intrigues you a little bit. Today is a history episode. Before we get into that, I feel like I've said that phrase twice now. Uh, we are still stand-up comics. So, Ryan, where can these people see you? Probably through my website at youthpastorryan.com because that's where I'm going to put all my shows and stuff like that. If you guys want to come see me, I'm excited. But right now, we film at weird times where, you know, sometimes we don't know when, when it's going to be. So, don't you find me there. Can, hold on. I can actually figure out really quick. Nah, that's good. This is going to come out on April. Oh, there's five su- uh, Saturdays in April. We're well, only doing four episodes. That's a problem. So, for all of us. Yeah, we're going to take April 30th off. Um, April 23rd? I'm getting ready to go to Germany. So if you're German and you want to see me. Well, this will be out on April 9th. This is the second episode. <gasps> I'm not getting ready to go to Germany. I'm thinking about getting ready to go to Germany, though. There you go. April 9th, I'm getting ready to go to Alaska to perform for University of Anchorage. So if you want to become yeah. Alaskan and see me there. That would be awesome. And if you're thinking, I can't get there. No, no, no. I'll ask you can. Uh, I'm going to mute you for like five minutes. That seems fair. Yeah. It feels nicer, doesn't it? Yeah, this is a burden lifted from my phone. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Dan, where are we going to be? Uh, We're going to be in Appleton, Wisconsin on May 20th. Um, Louisville, Kentucky on May 22nd, Nashville, Tennessee on July, July 10th, 20th, 20th, and Fort Wayne, Indiana on May 19th. Those dates are completely mishmashed, but you know. I There's a board on my wall where I write down the shows that I'm going to go to, and I just wanted to see if Dan could understand it. Uh, <laughs> May 19th, Fort Wayne, Indiana at the uh, – was that one, the Summit City, or is that one – Summit uh, City, yeah. That was Summit City. And then uh, May 20th and 21st, Appleton, Wisconsin at the Skyline uh, Comedy Club, and then May 22nd, Louisville, Kentucky at the Louisville Comedy Club. And all those uh, tickets are already on sale on my website. You can check that out, com. Without further ado, we're going to unmute the pastor – and um, we're, we're going to give the pause to his voice. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, thank right. you for allowing me back. If you ASMR. I'm the again. ladies. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm happy to be back. I, I I can't believe I got really muted. But guys, it's it's history time. Are you guys ready for history time? 
We need a theme music button to just be able to play. John Cena's You guys remember that time, John Cena? Yeah. He gave us a cease and desist. Yeah. I can't wait. All right, we got some fun history facts for you guys, and I'm just going to have you comment on what you find interesting. So during World War II, a great dame named Juliana was awarded the Blue Cross Medal. She extinguished an incendiary bomb by peeing on it. <gasps> All right, a I great dame that. named Juliana yeah. extinguished an incendiary bomb by peeing on it. Yeah. Was it just unaffected by the incendiary bomb? Apparently. Like, I don't know if it was... Like, if it was already starting to go off a little bit, or also, what dog has the courage to be like, I know what needs to be A done. Great Dane. A Great Dane, that's true. A yeah. Great Dane fears nothing. That's true. Have you seen them? They're horses. Yeah, they're My bigger than me. have a bunch of them. Yeah. They have a heavy flow. <laughs> they piss like racehorses, apparently. <laughs> I, I'm curious. Did he just, like, deactivate it, and then it just like, was not operational anymore? I'm sorry, she. Yeah, she. Like Juliana. So that's the thing, is, like, it's a she-dog, so she had to really squat over that thing instead of, like, the, the classic... Dog lifting its leg thing. Yeah. Ah. You see, she put her whole genitalia over that bomb and said, baby, back it up. <laughs> and that's how she did it. That's, that's, God bless that dog. <laughs> I'm so glad Dan is here and he can speak dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. It's pretty cool. Would you ever do that? Would I pee on a bomb? Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. For An kick- incendiary bomb? For kicks and giggles. Well, Absolutely. I feel like that would be the more effective use of my piss. It's true. Yeah. Would... I'm not doing anything useful with it right now. My o- my other question is, like, what were bombs made like, made of back then? Explosives. For someone to be able to, like, pee and deactivate it. Say that again. Explosives. Okay. <laughs> they were. That's what they were made out of. And metal. My mind is blown. Yeah, right? right? <laughs> I'm so glad Ryan is here to teach us <laughs> about what how to build a bomb. I mean, I could. I, I could. Yep. But that would probably get the podcast demonetized uh, for this episode. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't said anything that would... Oh, we're definitely being listened to by the NSA. And if you're listening to NSA, hi. Hope you enjoy the show. Hope it, I hope Can this you is one... teach us how to build a bomb? Uh, they could. They probably teach us how to hack stuff better, though, to be completely honest. Anyway. I could teach you how to identify an IED and then call it up to the tower. What happens after I call it up to the tower? You sit there for hours, maybe days, for, uh, for the explosives unit to decide to come out and help. That's, that doesn't sound fun. No, it's awful. You just sit there. You just like, hey, Tower, this is Rogue One. Dope name. You have different uh, call names, but call signs. But then you just call and you're like, uh, IED, yeah, it's 500 meters away. It looks like this. We're here, blah, blah, blah. And then, and they, then say, they go, have you tried paying on it? <laughs> they don't say that. They say, stay very far away. Uh, and then we need you to get a great like, dane secure the area and let her pee on secure the area and then you wait for uh the bomb squad i'm blanking so hard on the name eod eod yeah I yeah you, you gotta wait for eod teams to come out there a but yod. sometimes it takes like a few hours sometimes you could be sitting there for like a full day That's before awesome. they show up my favorite thing that i've ever seen a uh, video of is people getting tired of waiting for eod and so they take a sniper rifle and just shoot the the IED to have it explode. I haven't seen any videos like that, but I fully believe. Right, it's it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's just a huge explosion. Oh yeah, those things are massive, dude. You yeah. don't think they will be, and then and then they are. It's a lot more bang like, wow. for your buck. Yeah, you're like, hey, I would rather not sit where all these bombs where there's a bomb and someone could attack me in war times as well. I well, feel like. also, also especially like, if you're looking at an IED, I'd be like, hey, 
get the fuck down here. Yeah. Okay? Especially like, if you're looking at an IED, chances are the person with the trigger is watching. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. They can also see you. Yeah, which is scary. Scary. Yeah. Uh, this is an iffy one, but Alexander the Great was accidentally buried alive. Scientists believe that Alexander the Great suffered from a neurological disorder called Julian Barr syndrome. They believe that when he died, he was actually just paralyzed but mentally aware, meaning that he was just buried alive. Wow. That's a scary thing. That's a scary one. Yeah. And that's how he died? Well, that would have been how he died, yeah. Grateful I live so, in a time where medicine knows he didn't, that no one dug alive. him back up or anything? No, I mean, they wouldn't know. You know, they thought he was dead. Wow. Well, I've heard, I definitely heard that, like, people have gone back and looked at, like, coffins and there's, like, claw marks. Yeah, you know, it's creepy. Coffins. That's why they used to put little bells in them. Yeah. So that they could, like, ding. But the problem is, is that the bells would ding on, like, windy nights. So if you're a caretaker, you just hear bells dinging on windy nights. It's, no, like, <laughs> Scary. in graveyards. It's so creepy. Oh, that'd be fun. It's yeah. Like, but now people drive in graveyards with their Teslas and see the spirits of people. Excuse Have me. Have you seen that video? What? No. Yeah. Okay. I'll show you guys after that. There's You're a video. so in tune with culture. I love it. I love it so much. It's so, it's so much. helpful. Yeah. But uh, pop pop culture specifically. Pop culture. But uh, also other cultures. But people like... drive through graveyards, and it, you know how it like detects people in other cars in Teslas as they're driving on your little pad in the Tesla thing. Uh, a whole bunch of people, they saw a whole bunch of figures on the road, and they were freaking out. They're like, "What is going on?" Yeah, yeah, I definitely would have. Interesting. That'd be uh, fun. I would swerve. I used to play Pokemon Go in a graveyard, too. That's a fun fact. Did you get a bunch of haunters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bunch fun. of ghastlies and haunters. Oh, you know I a was. Couple a couple mischievous. I'm, I was the person that loved ghost Pokemon. I still do. I just would love a Gengar. I have a ghost team. I'm TV Now game. I have an, a follow-up question to this Alexander the Great story. Yeah. Buried alive, right? Yeah. Yep. So let's just say you you have Julian Julian Barr syndrome, right? Yep. You're paralyzed. You're mentally aware. People think you're dead. They're gonna they're gonna bury you in some way. Would you rather bury alive, uh, cremated, or Viking funeral? Viking funeral. Uh, all those sound horrible. I mean, they're all gonna be bad. Viking those are all just such slow cool. deaths as well. Yeah, like, well, you don't really you don't really do the whole speedy thing after they're dead. True. Yeah. Going with Viking funeral. Can you imagine so being mentally like, aware and four, hearing people just be like, what are we going to do for his funeral? Ooh, fourth option. Him. Body donated to science. Huh, nope. Nope. Not that one. No? That. Not that one. I think that one has the best chance of you living, though, because it gives you a lot of time. They're like, his heart is still pumping. Yeah, I feel like that one. They would <laughs> they be like, oh, wow, that's That's working. <laughs> right? Everything's pumping. Perfectly hmm. fine. Interesting. Well, cut him open. Huh. I mm, I think Viking funeral. I think so, too. Because at least you look cool while, yeah. while it happens. Oh, man. Misses? But here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, well, I was imagine... going to say, what if they miss and now you're just floating out there even farther? But I, I think – I'm not sure about Julian Barr Center because I don't know anything about it. But say it hypothetically wears off. And then all of a sudden you stand up in this flaming boat and you you just become the most hardcore Viking to ever Viking. Because you stand up, you get off the boat and you swim back to shore and all your Viking brothers are standing there like, you're in charge now. You know what I mean? Like there's no – There's still an arrow in you? Yeah. <laughs> it's on fire as well. <laughs> well. Um, so uh, do you guys know the story of the real Avengers? 
because uh, they're obviously we know the story of like the Avengers, but the real Avengers, the Jewish was, ones, yeah, yeah, the Jewish assassins who hunted down Nazi war criminals after World War II. They also poisoned two thousand two hundred eighty-three German prisoners of war in one sitting. What they did is they took poison and they painted it on the underside of their breads, and then they had it shipped in, and uh, and it poisoned wow. a lot of them. Now it didn't kill any of them; it just made them really sick. Uh, um, so that's what kind of poison can you paint on bread? I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know I've heard about it before. Cause I, is it like tasteless? Yeah, it was supposed to be tasteless. Mm. Supposed to be. They'd be like, like, wow. My bread is kind of wet. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, wow. This almond bread is really good. Yeah. I also, nice. it, it was wartime. I'm like, who would eat wet bread? That's so gross. And it's like, any rations, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're also prisoners of war. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not exactly, like, picking and choosing what you're eating at that point. But they also had, uh, in 1972, after the Munich Olympics uh, fiasco, where the uh, group Black September, a Palestinian organization of terrorists, got together and they kidnapped 11 uh, they kidnapped or killed 11 Israeli athletes during the Olympics. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's actually where the German group GSG-9, which is their German Special Forces group, comes from, is because it was such a police disaster. They were unable to get almost any of the I, – actually, I think all of them died. I think all of the Israeli athletes died. Okay. Um, but after that, they started an operation called Operation Wrath of God, which was their operation to get revenge for that. And it's just – if you read any books on it, it's the most hardcore series of events – where they're like, they, they knew that one of the guys was staying in London, one of the guys who'd planned it. So they like snuck behind him and they were hanging out and they were following him and they waited until he got and they learned the bus routes. So they're standing behind him and they just pushed him and he got hit by a bus. Like that's one of the assassination methods that they took. Assassination wow. by bus. It's wow. Wild. You man. push that guy. No. Trust me. No, trust me. Do you think there's a think tank? They were like deciding how to do it. And, and then there one was guy just was like, one guy. <laughs> he's like, one guy was like, I, I will actually deal spent, with it, okay? He's like, I spent the past seven days learning these bus routes, and I'm not going to let that go to waste. I'm not letting that information. Question about the, the um, Avengers. Is that what the TV show The Hunters is based off of? The Amazon show? Maybe. They, like, hunted down Nazi war criminals so that, in America? Uh, not in America most of the time. Because I know that was a, based on a true story, but I don't think the events... Actually, unfortunately, most of the Nazis that came over to America were under something called Operation Paperclip, which yeah. means that they got away with it. Well, that, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. The Hunters, uh, the TV show is about them f- going to, and like to like NASA and finding all the scientists that got like brought over, and apparently they killed quite a few of them? I wish. Um, to be honest, they they apparently didn't. They yet. didn't get no, there? because most of the NASA scientists are actually now still in the NASA Hall of Fame, and they were ex Nazis. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, it's not. It's not a great. It's not a great story, to be wow. honest. Wow, America However, paid for Nazi well, scientists. I mean, to be fair, the so did the Soviet Union at the same time. You know what I mean? It was just everybody grabbing rocket scientists, and because they were yeah. all working on it. It's always. It's just <laughs> the sad. space race came so close after. Yeah. That that that's exactly the problem is that the space race happened immediately after, and since the Germans were the only one working on like rocket technology, they were like, "Oh, we could sure use a lot of you." Yeah, yeah. the Germans were like, uh, "We're done with the master race. Can we do the space race?" And America was like, "Absolutely, dude." Yeah, no, no, for Go sure. Go ahead, come on over, master space person. That's yeah. uh, we should change that name. Yeah, we we should definitely. Uh, one of my favorite stories of all time is uh, the famous conqueror Napoleon Bonaparte. At one point, he was attacked and and his uh, little unit overrun by an army of bunnies. What? (laughs) To clarify what happened, 
You're uh, going to have to. <laughs> so Napoleon Bonaparte uh, wanted to go on a hunting expedition with some of his friends. Uh, but the problem is, is that they didn't have, like, a guaranteed amount of, like, stock to be able to go hunt. And so they were like – so some of the palace people were like, okay, well, we're going to go to the market and we're going to buy a whole bunch of alive bunnies. And we're just going to release them so that Napoleon and his buddies can shoot them. Mm-hmm. Now, problem is, is that – when they released them, those bunnies weren't trained to be afraid of people. In fact, every time they saw people, they thought food. And so they released hundreds of bunnies that all saw people and thought, food, they're going to give us food. <laughs> and so they all rushed towards Napoleon and his friends, and they had to get back in the carriage and, like, peel out because, well, you know, yield and peel out. Wow. Because, yeah, they were all attacked by hundreds of bunnies, which I think is the most adorable way that a hunting expedition can end. That's crazy. How many bunnies do you think you could have taken before before having to leave? I think they're so cute that I probably would have – I honestly probably would have just thrown myself down and accepted my fate. What fate do you think would have befallen you? Nuzzles. These bunnies were coming to you to eat food from you. Cuddles. I hope. Just so many cuddles. All right. We're going to ask for a real answer here. Dan, cuddles. how many bunnies do you think you could have taken? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh – I actually used to be afraid of bunnies when I was six years old. Uh, well, we're going to unpack this now. Yeah. The, you know the bunnies with the red eyes? Yeah. Um, I had a friend who had a bunny with red eyes, and I was very superstitious, and I was like, this is Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, just was terrified of bunnies. I just, like, I was so nervous that they were going to, like, attack me for some reason. They are very cute. My best friend has a bunny. Uh, his name's Marigold, and he's fantastic, and I love him. I get a picture every holiday, a little card, where he's dressed up in an outfit for the holiday. I think I could take enough. Ah, <laughs> uh, just enough. I was the kid that also cried when animals died in movies, so I don't know if I would do that. I think I would also accept my fate and just die Thank by bunny. You. I guess I'd cry if I killed one. <laughs> I'd snuggle him. I don't know if I would. I obviously like. I'm not. I don't want to go out and kill bunnies. But if I'm being overrun, being overrun by bunnies, yeah, I feel like my fight or flight would kick in. But I think I'd try to get away before I tried to. Yeah, we're not trying to add morals to our hypothetical situations. I think I'd fly away. I have a. I have another funny history fact. From 1912 to 1948, the Olympic Games held competitions in fine arts. Medals uh, yeah, were given for literature, architecture, sculpting, painting, and music. Obviously, the art created was required to be Olympic themed. But my favorite part about that is 1912 to 1948, meaning that when the Munich Olympics, the first one, so we're, no, Berlin Olympics in 1932 were held, that means that the freaking Nazis had to be there composing some stuff or, like, writing poems aggressively. Like, I'm just – because I picture it being really intense, but still – and so you've got, like – they're trying to please the Fuhrer, but also it's like, man, you better have the best soliloquy. Like, it must be, it must be beautiful. I would like to see that again. Right? right? I thought that I don't really even watch the Olympics much anymore, so I'd like to see some silly things thrown in there. Olympic dodgeball would be fun. Absolutely. Olympic tag. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Y'all know about kabaddi? No. Kabaddi's a sport where... You got two teams. It's like the, 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 the court is divided in half, right? You got one team on one half, one team on the other half. And I think it's like six six people on each side. And then the object is you have to send – oh, there's also like a line towards the back of each half, right? Mm-hmm. And you send one person from your team onto the opposing half. And 
they have to tag somebody mm-hmm. and then get back on their side. Okay. If you tag somebody and get back on your side, that person is out, and then you get points. So the goal is to tag somebody or as many people as you can and get back. But the goal of the other team that you're invading is to make sure you don't make it back. Oh, my God. So wow. if you tag somebody and you start heading back, you're just getting tackled by, like, six dudes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It, it's intense. I love it. It's a great sport. It was on ESPN The Ocho. Remember, when, you know, when yeah. they, they do that once a year? It came up, and I was like, well, now I have to watch Kabaddi because it was so fun to watch. And I was like, I think that'd be so fun to have play. Have you seen the Japanese sport of Botayoshi? No. It's literally, it's like 100 on 100, and you put one guy up on a pole, and his goal is to stay. Have you seen it? It's so cool. And so it's just 100 v. 100, and it's just this massive swarm. It's so awesome. That or Irish hurling, which is really cool. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. Sounds like a thing. Just sounds like drunk Irish, Hmm. the game, but it's not. It's like a... It's like a ball tossing, like kind of like a lacrosse style. Like okay. it's just wild, but it's it's really intense. There's a lot of sports out there that I'd like to see Olympic Quidditch. I'd like to see what they do with that. I'd love that. I'd like to see Olympic Sugar Honeycombs. What? Excuse me. From Squid Game. Also, I didn't Red watch Light, that. Green Light. I didn't watch it either. <gasps> Red Light Green Light would be fun. That would, that would be, be really. What fun. if they had right? They had the Olympics for the athletes, and then they had. Uh, the the children olympics and it's all of the children of the olympic athletes get to play in their own like childish olympic games like red light green light and tag and stuff that would actually be kind of awesome and they have like a whole event where it's like daddy daughter olympic it's like (laughs) oh well that just reminds me of the nfl weekend where they have the puppy bowl yeah well, yeah. that, they do the Puppy Bowl at the same time as the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. But what they do with it's the so All-Star weird. game now, because nobody likes the All-Star game, they've <laughs> added a bunch of, like, same with the NBA, they've added a bunch of other things. Like, the NBA plays dodgeball for their All-Star break. I'm just waiting for Are the Oscars serious? to yeah. have that moment. That's so awesome. I can't wait for the Oscars to end that moment of just, <laughs> you know what, now we get to see all your favorite actors and actresses play dodgeball. Absolutely. I would watch that. I'd watch it. Because I don't, I don't even know when the Oscars Compete. is this year. You want to be the best actor? Just Show happen. us. Show us how good you know. show, show No, us. it's it's springtime though, right? Yeah, but who, like when it Dan, comes, hmm? you know when the Oscar season is? It's when award this season? Weekend? It's this weekend. I'm pretty sure. Oh. I know nothing okay. about the Oscars. Oh, Jennings just went to the Oscars yeah. present presenters party. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this oh, weekend. Yeah. So yeah, it's coming up. It's in spring. It's know. sprung. <laughs> I'm sprung. Um, George Washington opened a whiskey distillery after his presidency. By 1799, Washington's distillery was the largest in the country, producing 11,000 gallons of unaged whiskey. Oh. I just love that afterwards he was like, I'm going to be awesome still. You know what I mean? <laughs> I bet – no, here's the thing. I bet he that's the reason he stopped after two terms. <laughs> like, I'll Man. put money on that. He's like, I, like I'd really I like to make some money? alcohol. Yeah, I'm gonna make alcohol. For the Here's rest of the my thing: life. Uh, uh, just a an old retired military man like that, he wasn't in it for the money. Nope. He wanted his own distillery. Just he just to, wanted alcohol. He just wanted alcohol. He's like, baby, I could make it myself. And then his right. friends were like, "I'd pay you for this," and he was like, "Ah, I sure. can make a few extra bottles." Fine. And then it became a thing. And then he was like, "I have to stop being the president. I I, I need this. I <laughs> have to stop being the president so that I can run this distillery." Oh, to be judged. um. 
1386, a pig was executed in France. In the Middle Ages, a pig attacked a child who went on later to die from its wounds. The pig was arrested, kept in prison, then sent to court where it stood trial for murder, was found guilty, and then executed by hanging. <laughs> what the hell? You could have said that was in Florida last week. <laughs> and I would have believed you. That actually happened. Well, not that, but... Um, <laughs> I hope not that. I can't remember if it was. I can't remember if it was in Zimbabwe, but it was definitely in Africa. There was a newspaper article about uh, some. I can't remember what they did. So, uh, some a group of guys robbed a house. The police showed up. They ran away, and then they found a goat, and they presumed that the goat was a man who had shape shifted into a goat to try and escape. I've and they heard locked this. Up the goat. Yeah. In a jail cell and like sentenced him and we were like we're gonna wait for him to turn back into a man and he never did because and he it was never a goat. did because it was a goat because it's a goat <laughs> yeah so, i don't know what happened to that goat i don't there was no follow-up but they definitely kept it in jail and they were like we're gonna wait talk about wrong place wrong time you know what i mean like sometimes we have that happen but you're you're that goat the the wrongest place you well, can't even also, talk yourself out of it <laughs> also well i i can't decide if the cop that found the goat and was like it's him this is him. Because you know that the police chief was like, well, did you catch them? I I found a goat. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, it's a shapeshifter, sir. Oh. Witches. Witches. Got it. Witches be shopping. <laughs> uh, guys, guess, I want you to guess how long the shortest war in history was. A day. Probably less. Yeah, like what, an hour. Like, I don't know, two hours? Two hours? An hour. An hour? 38 minutes. Wow. Yeah, it was the English, uh, the Britain and Zanzibar War, also known as the Anglo-Zanzibar War. And it was just essentially that they didn't like the, the next sultan that was coming up. So the English were like, make it the different sultan. And that current sultan was like, no. And so they bombed his fort. And then he was like, okay. And that was it. That was the longest. That was it. That was the war. And so it was It was 38 wow. minutes. Wow. Uh, also, how long was the the Toledo War? Oh, went versus uh, Michigan, Michigan versus and Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know it lasted longer. I think it was like a week. How long did the Toledo War last? I'm gonna guess it was like a week. I'm gonna say seven to ten days. Oh, uh, 1835 to 1836. Wow, that's longer than expected. Yeah, but it, it doesn't give me specific dates. It could have still been, like, two days, technically. That's true. By the way, Ben, you're going to love this. Tug-of-war used to be an Olympic sport. I'm, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. It's part of the Olympics. Uh, it's also a between... squid game. Really? They're halfway there. 1900 and uh, 1920, and it occurred at five different Olympic uh, games. I just love that. I wish that was the tug-of-war. I'm trying to find. There's no, like, specific date that I can find on this. Well, as I'm quickly just scrolling through that's really odd uh also uh, so the university of oxford is way older than people think like like to put it into perspective it's like 1802 isn't it 1096 wow what it was founded the university of oxford first opens its doors to students all the way back in 1096 by comparison the aztec empire was founded in 1325 oh wow so just to put into perspective how old oxford was yeah but what were they doing back then or shenanigans and all sorts of uh, the alchemy and the 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 miasma. Yes, and yeah, if you that. live in Oxford or if you visit Oxford, you should go to Fuzzy Ducks. What's Fuzzy Ducks? Famous bar in Oxford. Oh, Fun fact. I'd love to go. 
Uh, one of my absolute favorites is Russia ran out of vodka while celebrating the end of World War II. When the war, long war ended, street parties engulfed the Soviet Union, lasting for days until all the nation's vodka reserves ran out in a mere 22 hours after the partying started. Moscow ran out of vodka. And then World War III almost started. <laughs> it almost started immediately. That's like in Florida every year during hurricane season. As soon as we get like a hurricane is supposed to hit us, all the stores sell out of alcohol immediately. It's the first thing to go. Alcohol and gas is the first thing to go whenever a hurricane's about to hit. Okay, I priorities. We want a party. Well, yeah, I mean, ain't no party like a hurricane party because a hurricane party stops in like seven to ten business days. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, okay, the first Medal of Honor was given to Union soldiers that participated in something called the Great Locomotive Chase, hmm. and it was during the Civil War. Can we guess what this is first? Absolutely, the Great Locomotive Chase during the Civil War. Obviously, Union soldiers. The, uh, a big part of the reason the North won is because they they used trains. So, okay, the great locomotive. I'm imagining a train was driving without a conductor, and the Union soldiers had to mount up like the Rough Riders and chase down this train to stop it from, from going. Yes-ish, but you got the sides wrong. So the Union oh. stole a train. Oh. And so it was a uh, volunteers from the Union Army led by Scout uh, James J. Andrews commandeered a train called the General and took it north from Atlanta towards Chattanooga, Tennessee, doing as much damage as they possibly could to the vital Western Atlantic Railroad the entire time. They pursued it for 87 miles. Wow. That's more fun than what I said. Yeah. Chasing down a train to steal it? Yeah. They stole it, and we're just like, let's do it. Uh, eight of them were eventually executed as spies, but 24 of them were total on the mission. So, yeah. Wait. Also, what a weird... Eight of them were Confederate spies? No, eight of them were... Uh, they were all Union spies. The Confederates caught them. Oh. And so, eight of them were executed. Some of the Raiders okay. were the first to be rewarded the Medal of Honor by Congress for their actions. Uh, by the way, as a civilian, Andrews was not eligible. So the main scout, Andrews, didn't get the Medal of Honor because he was technically a civilian. Which sucks. <laughs> Did they, like, give him a different award? Uh, apparently not, nothing that I'm reading about. It's weird that that was just, like, a regular part of life. Like, that just, like, died out as a profession. Was people train used to, stealing? like, steal trains. Yeah. Right? Like, people used to be like, and we'll steal the train and its contents. Yeah. Right? Train robberies were way more popular on TV. Well, you know what's Oh, weird? but that's why I'm, I, like, how common was a train robber? Do you know how... And it would just be weird to have a guy run up on you on, like, a horse and be like, pull this train over. Stop the train. I'd be like. The conductor's like, I can't, dude. Well, I'd just be like. No, you're on a horse. Well, like, plane robberies used to be super common. I want to say in 1986, it was like every three weeks there was a hijacking. Yeah. That's that's absurd. <laughs> and yet they only thought to like apply TSA rules after 9-11. They were like, now we should probably mind. deal with it, guys. Hey, now's the problem. <laughs> you know what? There was a, a bank robbery not far from here uh -huh. recently, like this past week. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh and I and I know like the first reaction should be like, oh no, what an unsafe area I live in. But my first reaction was, huh, you don't hear about those too often anymore. <laughs> no one's robbing banks anymore. Who's stealing cash? Who uses cash? Yeah. Question. I'd like to see how he did it. All I do probably just walked in and was like, <laughs> hello. 
Good. Did I ever tell you that I had a buddy that robbed banks? No. Oh yeah, I had a friend in college, and he ended up going and robbing banks. He, we all a thought he friend. went to work. We all thought he went to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then he went. He worked for Google. Turns out he worked for this place called Disneyland, and then started a TikTok. Super weird guy. Oh wow. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, that, no, but I, I did. I had a buddy in college who, like, after freshman year, he dropped out. We all thought he went to work for Google because he was super tech savvy, and he just went to rob banks digitally. The, no, in the Pacific Northwest, he would walk in. You can Google him. He was uh, called the Harry Potter Bandit by the FBI because he used to dress up in cosplay to rob banks. <laughs> And he did, and he, he was successful. He knocked over, like, seven banks. How? He would just walk in, say, like, hand me the money. I have a device. And then they would hand him the money. It was normally, like, did he get caught? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he went to prison. Okay. Um, just making sure. He also he got paroled in my home city of St. Louis. Oh, wow. Hey. Which, by the way, can y'all not drop off criminals in Missouri? We have our own. Like, it's cool. I've seen those eyes. We have yeah, enough. <laughs> we do. Well, especially St. Louis, of all places. Like, we got, we have crime. We're we're good. It's going to be weird when, like, cash becomes irrelevant to people walk into, like, a building and be like, give me your Venmo. Quickly. <laughs> everyone. Okay. Everyone. Venmo. Robber825. <laughs> at least $30. Give me all of your NFTs. Yeah. I want to <laughs> see them. Put them on the table. We can't. Oh. Give me your phone. Give me the Ben Brainerd comedy special NFT. <laughs> it's adorable you think I would ever do anything as an NFT. I love that so much. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> I certainly have one. Um, <laughs> I don't own an NFT. Yeah, no. Yeah, I would feel guilty of that. It would be weird. Mm-hmm. The la- sometime, one time uh, somebody commented on my TikTok that they were an NFT company that liked to work with me and make NFTs of all my characters. And I just responded with, LOL. He's the character. <laughs> uh, okay. Ferrets, dogs, and monkeys were the most popular pets in the Roman Empire. Instead of cats, ancient Romans used ferrets to hunt mice and rats. They used dogs as guards and monkeys as entertainment. Can you imagine having, like, a little noodle? A little little, little fuzzle noodle? You know, that's just, you know that's a normal pet now, right? A ferret? Yeah. yeah, but a lot of people don't have them. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't have a lot of things, Ryan. You can just go to PetSmart right now and get a well, ferret. Can I really? I mean, I don't, I don't know about PetSmart, but yeah, he's a super normal pet. You can really? just go get him. I would love to get a ferret. <gasps> Do you want to go get a ferret like after this? Kind of, yeah. I mean, honestly, they're so cute. Do they, do they bite? Well, Is that what you asked? Yeah. Why do I feel they, like, like they nibble? Yeah, yeah. Everything nibbles. I mean, a cat yeah. can bite you. True. True. You just have negative preconceived notions about ferrets like right ferrets. now. I don't like it. It's a snake mammal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, it's cute. What? <laughs> it's a snake mammal? I oh, do think they. I do think they are cute. I've held a ferret maybe five times. I can't get over the fact you said it's a snake it's mammal. Like a, <laughs> it's like a slinky. Yeah, it's and closer to a slinky a rat, than it's a snake. A rat, a rat slinky. It's. A okay. snuggle slinky. Ooh. Wait, what was I, the other animal? It was monkeys. Monkeys. monkeys is Dogs and ferrets. Oh, okay. Dogs. Um, uh, we have no comments about the monkey part. Yeah, yeah, no, no. By the way, British poet and politician Lord Byron kept a pet bear in his dormitory while studying at Cambridge. Known for being an avid animal lover, when he found out he couldn't bring his dog, he decided to bring a tame bear instead to live with him. Apparently, he would frequently take it on walks around campus with a leash. Ooh. I want to read that policy that allowed him to bring a bear but not a dog. And that's what inspired the king of Ba Sing Se. Yeah. That's why (laughs) it's important when you're making rules to create negative rules instead of positive rules. Like – 
you're only allowed to bring oh sorry sorry positive rules not negative rules so for instance like you're not allowed to bring a dog leaves it open to a lot but positive rule like eh like i'm trying to think you like can you, only you bring... can only bring a cat yeah you can only bring something under 10 pounds what's his name that's Masha. an example what's his name what? that's a very niche Masha. joke if you know what Masha and the bear is i do not it's an animated say it's, no it's a animated children's show from russia yeah that, it, that i would say that was niche and it was yeah. one of the number one youtube channels on youtube how how did Look uh, up Masha and the Bear. It's crazy. Wild. I don't how know how I know that. Fi- but I know what, it. What? I mean, was it an animated show? Yeah. About a bear. 3D animated. 3D animated show about, about a girl a bear. and her pet bear. A girl and her pet bear. But I like... Doing o- what? I like Oxford better. Stuff has just happened in Oxford, it feels like. Anyway. What did they do in the show, Dan? They just went on adventures. It's like Dora, but with a bear and a Russian girl. <laughs> Instead of a Latina... Yeah. And a monkey. And a monkey. Kind of. Yeah. That is such a fun concept. I sh- I'm just going to pick a random animal and I'm just going to put a little girl in the show and that's going to be my kid's show. And sing songs. Oh, definitely sing songs. Yeah. Do you guys know how to say. A ferret. There we go. Do you guys know how to say uh, female explorer in Spanish? No. Exploradora. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. That makes sense. Yep. Doesn't it? Dora, Dora, yeah. Dora, the explorer. Yeah, literally. Exploradora. Well, I love huh. it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh. Cute. We're learning yeah. things today. We did. Uh, by the way, if you guys don't know who St. Lawrence was, St. Lawrence was uh, is the patron saint of cooks, chefs, and comedians. And this is why. Because apparently, while being roasted on a gridiron by a prefect of Rome during his persecution, legends say he cheerfully declared, I'm well done on this side. Turn me over. <laughs> And he also hosted Def Jam. <laughs> Very that's, yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's just, I'm sorry, they roasted him just over a spit? Yeah, pretty much. No, they put him on a gridiron. Yeah. And he said, flip me over, I'm done. Yeah, he said, flip me over, I'm done on this side. Well, I'm well done on this side, flip me over. What a, what a positive that's, attitude. That's hardcore. That's like the guy, Giles Corey, who was getting executed at the Salem Witch Trials, and his only quote while getting, uh, like, crushed to death was more weight yeah that, like that's also what an amazing comedian to be burned alive and still making jokes <laughs> right and that is where the history of roasting came from <laughs> now that was let's the roast, roast him <laughs> <laughs> uh that's like that's up there like john brown in the courtroom when they were like about to sentence him to death like before they started he's like i'd like to say something uh i did it and uh, y'all are cowards if you have this. All right. And that I, was it. <laughs> I I had a when, – well, he wasn't my mission companion, but he served in my mission. I'm not going to say his name. But, um, say his name. I can't even remember it, honestly. Oh. It was a very complicated name. But his great aunt <laughs> was a Jewish woman in Germany. Uh, I think it was in Germany. And – no, she was Dut- Dutch? She was a she Dutch was foreign. She was Jewish and she was Dutch. And she, uh, her whole family was murdered, or at least most of her family was murdered. I don't like so how became, happily you said that she one. She became a prostitute in a high class prostitute in Germany and started assassinating high ranking German officials. 
And at her court trial, where they sentenced her to death, they said, do you have any final words? And she said, Dutch men are better. <laughs> and that was her final Good for statement. her. So, yeah. Good I for her like... and good for the Dutch. Yeah. You wow. did it, guys. Wow. You made it. That's so hardcore. Yes. So, it's just, you know, I wish I could have that moment, but I also feel like I would not be that type of person. Like, if I was dying, I'd be pretty focused on the death. <laughs> I'd be pretty, I don't know, the focused. Right? Like, <laughs> be pretty laser focused in on that <laughs> Yeah, one. I'm like... Oh, you guys are burning me? Okay. Okay, fine. Wow, it's hot. It's very hot. <laughs> uh, the tallest married couple ever recorded was Anna Hanning Swan, who was 7'11", and Martin Van Buren Bates, who was a bear, like a paltry 7'9". Uh, when she gave birth, Swan's baby was 22 pounds. Damn. Do you know that they, when Oof. I was born, I was... 23 pounds. How heavy was I? I believe I was 10 pounds. How many ounces? I don't remember, but I was 10 pounds, and they nicknamed me Yokozuna because there was a famous sumo wrestler named Yokozuna <laughs> in the world, and they were like, this kid is Yokozuna. <laughs> and I'm constantly reminded of that by my family. They're oh, like, that's good. Oh, well, if it isn't Yokozuna. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great for the old self-esteem. Yeah, it's wonderful. Also, one time, my cousin, when he was born, uh, had like medical issues, uh-huh. and they put him in the NICU. Yeah, and we w- went to go and see him, and when we were there, there was just this giant baby with a full head of hair, and his eyes were open, and he was just like staring, and was like, <laughs> we were like, what's wrong with? We asked the nurses, we were like, what's wrong with him? And they were like, honestly, nothing that we know of. They were like, he just came out so fully developed that we we're like a little nervous. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, very weird situation, but yeah, very fun. We're just okay, Benjamin Button. A little nervous. <laughs> um, all right, we have a couple of things. Okay. 14 years before the infamous Titanic sank, author Robert uh, Morgan Robertson wrote the novella Futility. It was about a large, unsinkable ship named the Titan, almost had the exact same like parameters as the Titanic. It hit an iceberg in the North Atlantic and sank. I think it was about 80 miles away from the, where the Titanic actually sank. Wow. Uh, the Titanic and the Titan both did not have enough lifeboats for the fictional pass- like fictional and then real passengers. Now, the fun fact, that's actually just the beginning part of the story of Futility. It's actually an entire novel after that, but we only remember that single part because it's so close to the singing of the Titanic. Did the people who made the Titanic, like, name it that after the the book? Do you know how awesome that would be if they were just like, "Ah, that won't happen to us? Yeah. And then played themselves. So you don't have an answer? No, I don't have an answer. Okay. I mean, sure. That, I mean, the Led Zeppelin is named Led Zeppelin because they were told from the beginning yes. of their band that they would go, that their careers would go down like a Led Zeppelin, and they were like, "It's a cool name for a band." And then they became one of the greatest rock bands of all time. All time. So I was thinking maybe like that guy was like Titan. It's a cool name. Cool name. We're gonna crush it. And then they crushed it. And then he didn't. They split it in half. <laughs> He tried to hit that iceberg. He was like, he probably, you know what it was? It was the guy who wrote the book, <laughs> commissioned the Titanic, paid off the, the the captain to do this. And I bet he's just upset that they're 80 miles off. I just love it. Because so nobody would know about his book if that didn't happen. It's probably true. Yeah. Between the 11th and 19th century, a number of Buddhist monks successfully mummified themselves. 
They adopted a practice that I can't pronounce, but I'm going to give it a try called Sokushin Butsu. Uh, Which? Oh. The really long ass word. Yeah, I think you did a good job. I think I did it my best shot. Sokushin Butsu. Uh, in which they were gradually weaned themselves off food and water and essentially starved themselves to death over the course of a thousand days. That's so long. That's yeah, nearly a... three years. Yeah, I was about to say, that's 360 plus 360 is 720 plus 10 is 730. Plus, yeah. There's yeah. 270 more days to a thousand. So, yeah, like. They successfully mummified themselves. Which is wild. They also apparently some of them would do this while sitting out under snow. Like what? they would just sit there and meditate while under snow. The self control baby. Right. <laughs> I'm fine how I am. I'm <laughs> right. Uh while in power, Pope Gregory the Ninth declared that cats were to be associated with devil worship. I don't like Pope Gregory the Ninth. And so he wanted to have them exterminated. Some believe that because of the disappearance of those cats, it helped rats spread, causing the bubonic plague, the Black Death, that killed millions of people in the 1300s. Yeah. Well. What an ultimate move of like, ha, you were very wrong. Oh, I love that moment. That's like with Mao's Great Leap Forward, when it's like, we're going to do a Great Leap Forward. Millions die because of starvation. Did you really? Did you have to name it the most ironic thing, you idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that Pope lived long enough to understand that he was the reason. No, he definitely did not. Because if that happened, if like a Pope back in 1300s realized that he made a mistake, where do you think Catholicism would be right now? It'd probably still be prominent. You think it would still be bad if a guy in the 1300s was like, whoops, I made a mistake and just killed a third of the entire population. Like, Look, I know I made a mistake, but go to war for Jesus. And then he started the Holy War. <laughs> Maybe. I feel like Kath- yeah, I feel like they had enough influence in the 1300s to still be pretty powerful. Yeah, but what if it became like common knowledge? They had like armies like if, in 1300. Right? What if like everybody knew? I still think they'd do some. You you don't think enough people would disagree with the Catholic Church at that point? I think well, there was probably people that disagreed with the Catholic Church. At the very least, they would think that he was a a false prophet. Probably. But then, if that happens, then they started the Papal Wars. Papal Wars. Papal Wars. Is that how you say it? The Paper Boys. The Paper Paper Boys. Hey, uh, do you guys want to hear a fun story about nudes? Yeah. Okay. From the 1940s to the 1970s, Yale plus other Ivy League schools like Harvard, Vassar, and Brown required their freshmen to pose nude for a photo shoot. The goal was to gather material for a massive study into how rickets developed, and that involved sticking pins to the backs of subjects, male and female. Generations of the country's elite who went to those Ivy League schools posed naked, and their photos were archived. Some of those people include George W. Bush, Hillary Clinton, and Meryl Streep. The photos were destroyed after the news leaked and the study was denounced. Oh, wow. But yeah. Can you imagine getting ready to go into your Harvard class and it's like, all right, you ready for some nudes? Like, what the heck? <laughs> Plus, this was this was OG. This was 1940s. Had to really, had to really sit there for a sec. I want to know the rest of the study. Yeah, apparently it didn't. It like didn't give any usable data. Well, yeah, I imagine it wouldn't because it already sounds baloney. Crazy to start with. Yeah, but you're also gonna stick pins into people's back. Yeah, I don't – apparently the person who did it was like a big fan of uh, – what's it called? Ventri- not ventriloquism. Uh, acupuncture? No, 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 not acupuncture. He's like, I run What's the thing with you, that people do with dolls when they're trying to – Voodoo? Voodoo! There we go. 
Yeah. Took the long way to get to that one. Yeah, we did. The Luftwaffe, which if you didn't know, was the German army. Uh, in World War II, I had a master interrogator. His name was Hans Scharf. What do you guys think he did that was so evil that that is why we're talking about him today? What year was this? Uh, in the 1940s. Uh, I was he gonna... was the lead interrogator? Yeah, he was the, the, le- master, he was the master interrogator. interrogator for did the... it have anything to do with music? No. Mm, I was going to say he would just put Wonderwall on repeat. <laughs> Apparently we did that in Guantanamo Bay, but with Eminem songs. What? Yeah, that's a real thing. Wow. Huh. Yeah. To, to They're keep... like, no. Not Eminem. Not Slim Shady. Oh, was he just nice to them? There it was. Yeah, he was just, his uh, tactic was being as nice as possible. Sheriff's best tactics for getting information out of people include nature walks without guards, baking them homemade food, cracking jokes, drinking beer, and afternoon tea with German fighter aces. His techniques were so successful that the U.S. military later incorporated his methods into their own interrogation schools. And they quickly abandoned it. Pretty pretty swiftly. Pretty pretty swiftly. But I just love the fact that that was his strategy. He, Ted, lassoed them. He baked good stuff. Yeah. Funny how being nice to people... We'll let them give you information. <laughs> I know because I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> you just going to want to leave that one or explain it? No. No. Okay. I just love getting information. <laughs> you, you do have a lot of it. I do have a lot of information. Uh, using <laughs> forks used to be seen as sacrilegious because, of course, it did. The widely used eating utensils were yeah. viewed as being blasphemous Pitch and offense forks. to God. No, not that because they were considered artificial hands. And you would use the hands that God gave you, not these artificial. And it was a po- hands. it was a pope that said that. right? Yes, it was. It was a pope. These popes. Now I'm just imagining. It's no, it's the it's the hash slinging slasher. That's what this is. <laughs> this is the hash slinging slasher episode of SpongeBob, and instead you see a guy knocking on the windows with just like two long of sleeves and then forks for hands. And you're like, yeah, that. Well, that feels like a Satan. They were thing. just eating with spoons at this point, right? Yeah, pretty, well, they were just the scooping or their, or their hands. Yeah, they were just scooping with their hands. Imagine uh, eating some tortellini. Also, like I feel like it's healthier, or it would have been healthier back then, right? Oh, absolutely, to eat with silverware. So maybe that's why the Pope was like, "No, no, 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 no guys, it's like an affront. Like, I need you to guys to die. <laughs> I need you to die quicker." <laughs> no, I'm not sure. All I know is that uh, back in the 16th century, the wealthy elite used to eat dead bodies. It was rumored that they could cure diseases. And, of course, that means the highest delicacy was Egyptian mummies. That is a real thing that they did in the 15 and 1600s. Wow. Is that they would regularly go and try to excavate Egyptian ruins for mummies to eat. Gross. Ah. How would they prepare them? Colonization. They would uh, they just kind of cut them up. And, and I guess they would, they would like, mix them with different things. I this know that they also used to powder. tastes funny. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. It has a lot of vinegar. Also, oh. <laughs> This brings mm, me a that, lot of joy. Is that formaldehyde? <laughs> Winston Churchill, when he would come to the United States during Prohibition, did not want to go without drinking. So he would get a doctor's note saying that he needed to drink an indefinite amount of alcohol when he would come visit. Indefinite. <laughs> indefinite. What a doctor. What a what a man. What like, a man, what a man, what a What a doctor drunk that was just man. super cool about it, you know? How? Yeah, okay, you start out small, right? You're like, hey, doc, listen, I get the shakes when I don't drink. So I feel like that's medically, you got to give me something. And he was like, what should I give you? And Winston was like, alcohol, obviously, hair of the dog. You know how it works. And the doctor was like, I don't, but okay. And then and Winston was like, how much did you write down? And the doctor was like, I don't know, like three? And Winston was like, three what? And the doctor was like, Three, Three pints. years of alcohol in a single month. 
And then Winston was like, just get rid of the number and put nothing. <laughs> I, I want to prescribe you alcohol. Yeah, I want a blank check for uh, medically prescribed alcohol, if you will. And the doctor was like, I don't think I will. And Winston was like, I will beat the shit out of you. He probably said something like that, to be honest. Do you know who I am? What is it with, like, world leaders? Yeah, George Washington, Winston Churchill, all just, yeah. Oh, that's just around with alcohol. Men. Yeah. Men. It's just the alpha male mentality. When you said that, all I heard was, now that we're men, from SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Now that we're men, we have distilleries. <laughs> And we've got one final one for you guys. Sure, you've heard about the Boston Tea Party, but have you heard about the Boston molasses uh, disaster? No. I think I have. Potatoes. On January 15th, 1919, molasses. just a year after World War One, during the last pandemic that the world went through. Uh, this yeah. Is, yeah, Spanish flu. A 90-foot-wide cast-iron tank filled to the brim with sticky molasses exploded and spilled 2.5 million gallons of crude molasses into the streets of Boston. The brown stuff ran through the streets like a tsunami with 15-foot-high waves reaching yeah. speeds of 35 miles per hour. That's fast the molasses. molasses. Demoli- yeah. The molasses demolished everything in its path, toppling buildings, drowning horses, and unfortunately it killed 21 while injuring 150. What's up? I and have I, heard about this. Uh, that's interesting. Was that the moment that, like, America was like, we're going to sugar now. <laughs> like, we're done. I, <laughs> I, I don't want to use molasses anymore for sweetener. Uh, weird. Isn't it, like, tarry, too? I've it's never had molasses. Thick. It Just think of, like, very, very, like, thick syrup. <laughs> I'm just picturing a 15-foot wave and being like, ah! <laughs> just like him. Yeah, I mean, it said it, he's, what, it was 35 miles per hour. Yeah, that's moving. And yeah. the common phrase in the South is slower than molasses, but apparently we have reached a new highs for that phrase. And then the wealthy elite were like, they're mummified. Eat them. Eat them. Should have reserved. This jerky's way better. <laughs> you know, I think that's actually the second time there was a, a tsunami of molasses because that's how we, we got fossilized things like amber. Amber and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's just molasses. Oh my god. That's how the dinosaurs died. Yeah, you asked me how I want to die or if I'd fake my death in the last know. episode. Let's, uh, uh, let's talk about that. Bury me in molasses. That? Okay, got it. You know this episode's coming out before that one. Oh. Well, hey, sneak peek. Sneak preview. Uh What do you guys think that that is going to be about? What do you think that that's What do you think the question was that led mm, to that? Nice. Yeah, yes. I would love comment section on YouTube. <laughs> also, if you want more history things that like you can vote on, go to our Patreon because we're gonna end up putting up some options of the history you wanted us to talk about right now because we just come back from a long list of traveling. I just wanted to give you guys a full spectrum of fun history things. But that is what I have for you guys today. Thank you, Ryan. Of yeah, course. we learned a lot. Did we? We learned well, about dogs peeing <laughs> and bombs. We learned a few things. We learned at least one thing, each of us, right? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. There was at least one fun fact in there. Well, that's it. That's all. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope we said or did something this week to make you want to tune in next week. Uh, You can find us outside the podcast. Ryan? At YouthPastorRyan.com. Dan? Uh, Dan Bam Bam on all social media except Snapchat, which is Dan, Dan underscore Yolo Love. Ben. You can find all my all my links and stuff on BenBrainerd.com. My last name is spelled Brain, like the one in your head, 
A-R-D. If you can't figure that out, try using yours. You can find anything for the podcast at gdfmpodcast.com. All our links and socials are on there. Check us out on Patreon. Support the podcast that way. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next week. What are we talking about next week? Oh, we're interviewing Francis. Yeah. yeah. Franchisimo. Franchisimo. Yeah. And his brother JP, the voice it, behind it all. Yeah. The guy, look, if you don't know who we're talking about, just go on TikTok. There's a guy that sits on a roof and just has one-liners that are all depressed. And it's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. He's a, he's a cool guy. Uh, we're going to be interviewing him next week. So with that being said, thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.